whenever I ask the Lord, you know, uh, what do you want me to say to the people? Because there's a hundred things you can say. And he just started dropping uh, words that start with the letter P on me. And, and I end up, I got four letters or words that start with the letter P. And I'm going to talk about all those today. And, and, and the points are only about 20 minutes apiece. So uh, you don't have nothing else to do. Everything else is closed anyway. And so uh, that was a punny. But, uh, but no, I won't be that long. Uh, a couple of them, I'm just going to make the statement and then go on to the next one. But, um, but the first one he told me was plan. And as I got to praying with him about it, he said, people need to hear about my plan of salvation. And, and that's what people need to hear. And, and it really took me back because I was like, Lord, we need to talk about scriptures of comfort, scriptures of this, scriptures of that. And, and you want me to talk on salvation today. And he said, without salvation, they can't experience any of the other stuff. Uh, without a relationship with the Lord, we can't experience what we prayed about in Psalms chapter 91. If you don't make your Lord your refuge, if you don't make your Lord your most high shelter, then it's going to be hard to stand. But if you make the Lord your refuge, if you make him the most high, your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home. And so we need to make sure today, if you're here and not saved, we need to make sure that we're saved today. Also, the Lord told me that in this time of fear, a lot of people are in fear because they really don't know him. And people that are unsaved for sure are really scared because they don't know what's going to happen to them if, something, if they would lose their life or whatever. And so this fear has really crept in. And so today, I wanted to just brush over the four spiritual laws and remind us that, that who we are in Jesus Christ. Remind us that God is our refuge. That God is our most holy place. We've experienced that today, his presence. But of the four spiritual law, God loves you and created you to know him personally. And we've experienced that today. And if you're here today and, and you've never experienced that love before, remember that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever would believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Spiritual law number two, man is sinful and separated from God, so we cannot know him personally or experience his, his love. And man is sinful, all of sin, and falls short of the glory of God. Man is separated, for the wages of sin is death. And then the third spiritual law today, Jesus Christ is God's only provision for man's sin, sickness, and death. Did you hear that today? Jesus, again, as we talked about, not only took care of our sin on the cross, but he took care of our sickness and he took care of our death. If you believe in him, you will live forever. Why? Because God demonstrated his love for you. That when we, you, were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God came after us. Jesus came after us. Christ died for our sins. He was buried. He was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. He appeared to Peter, then to the twelve. 
And after that, he appeared to more than 500. Jesus is the only way, the only truth, the only life, the only peace, the only joy. I'm adding in the fruits of the Spirit here. But no one can experience that unless they come through Jesus and then you'll get to the Father. We must individually choose to receive Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Then we can know God personally and experience His love. So if you're here today and you say, you know, I can't. Jesus said, as many as received Him, To them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. We just need to believe in him today, and he'll come into our life. We just need to believe in him today, and he'll take away our fear. We just need to believe in him today, and he'll give us peace. You know, no matter what we do, we need Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And it's not of yourself, it's a gift from God. Not as a result of what you've done, works, that so no one should boast, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 tells us. When we receive Christ, we experience this new birth. When we receive Christ, we've taken up this personal invitation. And he walks into our life and, and we can experience his presence like we did today, every moment of the day, every second of the day. But Jesus stands at our door and knocks. And if we hear him and open the door, he will come in and be with us. So today, the first thing that we need to remember during this time, this this season, if you will, that we need to open the door and allow Christ to come in. Those that are saved today and are battling a little bit of fear, we need to open the door up and allow Jesus to come in. Point two, protection. For God will never give you the spirit of fear. You guys get that? The spirit of fear is not from God, but the Holy Spirit who gives you mighty power, love, and self-control. So God will not give you a spirit of fear, but he will give you the Holy Spirit, the power the love and the self-control that you need for any season. So today you're either walking in fear or you're walking in faith, but you can't operate in, in both. I guess you can, but you'll be like a ship that's tossed to and fro. So we need to come against fear that's in our life. We can see how fear has hurt our economy, how fear causes us to make bad decisions how fear hurts community, how fear causes division, how fear removes us from God's presence. But most importantly, when we fear, I think it hurts God because we're not turning to Him. God wants us to turn to Him. He wants to cause us to be powerful. He wants to cause us to be able to operate in love. He wants to cause us to be able to operate in self-control. But when we operate in fear, we are powerless. And that's the opposite. We're unable to act or achieve one's purpose. 
You ever heard about people want to take a tough man down and you hamstring him? It makes him powerless. Fear makes us powerless. Fear causes hate, the opposite of love, or at least in consideration, or selfishness, or maybe even the blame game. And we see that a little bit at the, at the shopping centers, don't we? How fear has caused us to hoard and to take all that we can. People are upset because they really need it and they can't get it. So we see, see how this, this fear operates. And it causes us to be out of control and make bad decisions. And the Lord reminded me the opposite of fear is salvation. Again, the scripture for God has not given you a spirit of fear, but the Holy Spirit who gives you mighty power, love, and self-control. We see in this scripture, and we quote this scripture a lot of time, but if you go back to verse 6, when Timothy or Paul was writing Timothy, he said, I'm writing this to encourage you to fan into flame and rekindle the fire of the spiritual gift God imparted to you when I laid hands on you. Isn't that cool? You know, he was saying, hey guys, we need to rekindle this fire, this gift of the Holy Spirit. All of us that call upon his name to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit have this gift, the Holy Ghost that gives us power and love and self-discipline. We all know the, 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 the gifts of the Spirit that we can read about, but we also have the fruit of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit has come to provide and help us and make us powerful in the toughest of times, in these times. I want to share with you about David and Goliath. And David showed us, and, and really Israel showed us, two types of ways that people handled bad situations in their lives. We know the Philippines or Philistines came against the the, uh, the Philippines came against Philistines came against Israel. I keep wanting to say Philippines, same thing, okay? But Philistines come against Israel, and, and they were ready for war. And Goliath comes out and challenges them. And we're back in 1 Samuel 17, 4, and I'm going to breeze through this, but it's a beautiful example. But if I'd read it, it'd be two or three chapters, but you go home and read it. But he was a champion warrior, just shy of 10 foot tall. And he came out, and that's what Israel saw, saw and it said they were, uh, uh, just, they were dismayed and, and greatly afraid. We see that in verse 11, but, but through verses 4 through 10, we see this vicious champion, this warrior that was coming out and bragging about his armor and showing off his swift sword and showing off his swift javelin and showing off all these powerful mechanisms that he had, these great things, and he talked about them to the Israelites. And you noticed in the front that the first day they were dismayed and they were afraid but this went on for 40 days. And people don't realize it went on morning and night for 40 days. Kind of like what we're dealing with now. It's morning and night for 50 days now. We're hearing about this, this disease and how bad it is and how hurtful it is. And, and, and this is spoke over this, this Israel constantly, constantly. 
And then we see that it came and, and David arrived on the scene and he was talking to his brothers. And after this, 40 days after this had manifested, Goliath came forward and took his stand. And again, and, and, they, and they ran and they hid. They hid. They fled terrified, the word says in 24. Because they had listened to this propaganda for 40 days, day and night, every breath they took, they were listening to this. And propaganda is information, especially a biased or misleading nature, used to promote or publicize a particular political cause or point of view. So after 40 days of listening to this, the 40th day they ran, they fled terrified. To me, I see two types, two types of fear here. We see the one that, that, that we're just, uh, just comes upon us, if you will. And, and I don't want to do this to my buddy here today, but, but as we were walking by, I went up Daniel this morning and I go, Puh! and he just jumped a little bit. He was more of a man than I was. I had to come out of my chair, but, but, but that was the dismayed fear. Dismayed means it was unexpected. And, and a lot of times things happen to me unexpected. And it scares me. But then I get a hold of myself. And I get, a, I get my mind self-disciplined on the Lord and operating his power and his love. And I, and I come back down. And I think that's where Israel was in the first few days, if you will. But they kept listening to this. And they didn't come against it. And guys, another one I think of is a tornado. Man, when the tornado sirens first go off, it, it startles me. It, it catches me because it's unexpected. But then I realize it's a tornado. It's a warning, and I calm down, and I usually come over and I unlock the doors of the church so people can come in and take shelter. And, and I just am aware of my surroundings. And we'll talk about that later, being prepared but I don't give in to the fear. But Israel, we see over 40 days, they gave in to what they were hearing in the propaganda every day and every night till they become terrified and afraid. I can remember getting so scared of tornadoes as a kid, and I know I've shared this with you guys, but, but I laid in my room one night just shivering at 12 years old, and, and my prayer to the Lord was this, Lord, if you don't take away this tornado, I won't love you anymore. <laughs> because I would come, become terrified. Because that beeping on the TV. That's the weather service. I just calmed down. That's the weather. Oakton, Oakton, Oakton. You see what I'm talking about? And we can either allow it to come in or not. But Israel, we see, allowed it to come in. I believe this is what's happened to our nation when it comes to this virus that's spreading across the land. When the news came out, it was unexpected, and it, it took me off guard, and it, it caught me. But, but guys, you don't know the truth. Over the last 40 days, if, if I sat there and listened to this over and over, it can rattle my bones. If I stay in front of that TV and keep feeding that and feeding the fear, I'll begin to worship the fear and bow to fear instead of bowing to Jesus. 
And again, I'm not in here saying that anything, if you don't walk out of here and say, kids saying everybody's handling this wrong. I'm just telling you today not to operate in fear. You take the precautions you feel are necessary for you. I believe God's calling me to keep the church open. But I have about 15 buddies that emailed me this week. Nine of 15 churches closed today. And I'm not going to condone them for what they did. All I said is don't operate in fear. That's all I'm saying today. And so anyway... Like Israel, I think we've been blasted with this propaganda morning, noon, and night. And it's caused our people, especially unsaved people, to go really terrified and really scared. And they become powerless and, and, and self-controlled as far as being uh, a selfish in different things. They have forgotten if you make the Lord your refuge um, and you make the Most High your shelter, No evil will conquer you. No plague will come near you. Paul was writing this today to encourage the church to fan in the gifts of of, and the flame that God has given us in the good times, in the bad times. But he has prepared us spiritually to walk in power, love, and a sound mind. So how do we get back to self-control if we've pulled away a little bit. Or if you're struggling with it, how do we control, how do we maintain self-control? And again, David fanned in that gift of the Holy Spirit, that power, love, and self-control. And, and I love it that David, when he spoke to the, this propaganda Goliath was spewing out, I never caught it before, but David's words when he spoke against Goliath, he said uh, to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword? That's the propaganda that Goliath was producing. He was bragging about how big his sword was and how that he could wipe out thousands of Israelites, hundreds of Israelites. What did David speak to but the sword? And then he goes on to say, uh, you come to me with a spear and with a javelin. The same things that he was saying, look what I got. I'll take out the thousands, the ten thousands. Not one of you can stand against me. You're at my feet. And that's what David attacked. He attacked that junk that they were spewing out. And he spoke against it. He said, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. Defiled means refuse to obey. Jesus, or excuse me, David spoke against the situation, the evil that was being spewed. And then he goes on later, even more and more, and he attacks it. He even goes after, he said, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you down and cut off your head and I will give your dead bodies of the host of the Philistines this day to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Are we that bold? Are we going, I come against you in Jesus' name. He's wanting to say, Satan, get thee behind me. I curse you. I plead the blood over my family in Jesus' name. We need to take control and speak to our situations. We need to take control of our fear. Fear, I come against you in Jesus' name. I'm going to fan into fire the gift of the Holy Ghost in my life. And and God has not given me a spirit of fear. You're cursed. You're under my feet. God, let me operate in your power and your love and your sound mind. We need to be bold. Satan, get out of here. 
You're not welcome in my house. And take authority over. And I'm not saying you have to yell and scream, but David didn't fool around. Three, the preparations. You know, we've been talking about the, the virus here today. But guys, it's more than the virus. There's other things that causes fear in our life. And, and that was what the neat thing was. The people got a hold of what I was trying to say. And most that I prayed with the first service was fear about something else in their life. They said, you know, this, this virus thing really didn't bother me, but this is scaring the tar out of me. And that's what the Lord is, I think, in Matthew 24 is trying to tell us in preparation. Jesus said, these things will happen in the last days. These things will happen. These are the signs of the times that I am coming back. And in Matthew 24, he says these words, Jesus himself in verse 3 Later, when they arrived at the Mount of Olives, his disciples came privately to where he was sitting and said, Tell us when will these things happen? And what supernatural signs should we expect to signal your coming and the completion of the age? You know, I want to tell everybody we ought to be getting excited. We're starting to see things happen that Christ said were going to happen. That means he's coming back. Well, it's hard to get excited if we got children and family and friends that are going to go straight to hell if Christ comes back. But it ought to tell us this means Christ is coming back soon. And so anyway, he goes on the way and says, Jesus answered at that time, deception will run rampant. So beware that you are not fooled. For many will appear on the scene claiming my authority or saying about themselves, I am God's anointed and they will lead many astray. You will hear of wars nearby and revolutions on every side with more rumors and wars to come. Do not panic or give in to fear for the breaking apart of the world system is destined to happen. Did you guys hear that today? Don't panic or give in to fear for the breaking apart of the world system is destined to happen. But it won't yet be the end. It will still be the unfolding. Nations will go to war against each other, kingdom against kingdom. There will be terrible earthquakes, seismic events of epic proportion, horrible epidemics and famines in in place after place. This is how the first contractions of the birth pains of the new age will begin. I thought it was neat when I was reading that and writing it down. Karen had uh, the TV on. I I just caught my ear and it was Gloria Copeland. And she was preaching on the same scripture and then later preaches on Psalms. But you know what she was addressing? She was addressing the HIV virus that happened 10 years ago. Was it like a 10-year-old recording or whenever it happened? And it really caught me that even then, when Satan in the end times raises their ugly head, we need to stand under the things of God. We need to stand with him You know, when this pandemic is gone, other things will come. Jesus talked about deceptive people. We need to know that and be prepared spiritually. In other words, do what we've already talked about, one and two. It shouldn't shake us. We should be aware of what's going on around us. There's going to be wars. Boy, if you want to get some more fear in your life, I can read you the Council on Foreign Relations that talk about the, 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 the article writes about the wars that we should expect in 2020. If you want to get scared, go read that. 
earthquakes, seismic events. The, they got it down to where I was kidding around that they got the machine so fine that when I walk, uh, they can tell the, the seismic movement, you know. Uh, they can tell the, the movement in the earth. And these machines, they got them all over the world, and they can tell any movement in the land earthquake-wise. And their article said 84, this was Thursday or Wednesday I wrote this, 84 earthquakes in the past 24 hours, 543 earthquakes in the last seven days, 2,285 in the past 30 days, and 37,327 in the last 365. We're just used to earthquakes. We just started, you know, we don't live in fear of them because they, they happen some. But the horrible epidemic, the epidemic is a rapid spread of infectious disease to large numbers of people in a given population in a short period of time. Pandemic is a disease prevalent over a whole country or world. And that's what we're dealing with now. But guys, I can even go in and read you the top 10 it's happened. And the, and the funny thing is, is that, that they're in the millions in death. And we're not even close. I think the lowest one was 800,000. And we're not even close to that. These things will happen. We need to be prepared. There's going to be famines, extreme uh, scarcity of food. And it's not because the food isn't there. It's because the food can't get it there. We're feeding kids in Liberia right now, and, and there's food all over the world, but getting it there, getting the money to get it there. But Jesus said these things will happen, but God's still on the throne. Don't panic or give in to your fears, for the breaking apart of the world system is destined to happen. So we need to take precautions and, and be aware, that's four. You know, again, as the tornado sirens go off, go to the tornado shelter. However God prepares you or, or wants you to handle it, the, take precautions however God tells you to do it. You know, we're taking some precautions here today. We're, we put hand sanitizer out there for those that want that. You know, we're taking some steps. Giselle, I've asked her to clean the toys weekly instead of uh, the, as often as we had. You know, we're taking precautions. We, God give us a mind to understand that. But we need to pray and ask God what precautions does he want us to take. And when I did that, the Lord told me to plead the blood over your family. That's a precaution that you need to take. Blood over your door frames. In Exodus, they shall take some of the blood and put it on the top of the doorpost and the lintel of the houses in which they eat it. The blood shall be a sign for you in the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you and not... And no plague will befell you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. So plead the blood over your family. That's, a, that's the best precaution you can take. You know, plead the blood over your house. Plead the blood over your church. Again, not knocking anything that they're telling us to do. I'm just giving you some more precautions. And then it said, you know, Jesus kept saying, don't panic, number five. So why not have pleasures? Why not enjoy each other? You know, Joel, I think I've wished him happy birthday the last three days and found out his birthday was yesterday. 
Let's enjoy each other and enjoy life and take pleasure. Why? Because we serve a mighty God. A God that loves us where we're at and will not leave us, will not forsake us. And I tell you that just like today, I told Joel, let's worship. And, and, and I don't want to wear them out, but let's worship. And we just watched you guys and, and watched you worship because the presence of God just brings pleasure. It brings rest. Some of you may have read this on, on, on the news or different places, but um, C.S. Lewis wrote an article 72 years ago when the threat of the atomic bomb was out there. And, and anyway, the person that sent this said, why don't we replace the atomic bomb with the coronavirus? And when I say atomic bomb, put that in there. Because he really gave some good truth. This was 72 years ago when our nation was rattled with fear like we are today over this virus. When our nation was shook, when they were digging tornado shell, or uh, 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 storm shelters from atomic bombs. When they were doing great spending their life savings on things because of the fear. And he said one way to think a great deal too much in one way to thank, let me back off. I get, I get excited and I got to slow down. I had Nick read the scripture today because I get excited and I'll read fast and I want you guys to enjoy it. And then some people said he needs to still slow down. So, <laughs> no, you did good, Nick. But in one way, we think a great deal too much of the atomic bomb. How are we to live in an atomic age? I am tempted to reply, why? As, as you would have lived in the 16th century when the plague visited London almost every year, or as you would have lived in the Viking age when the raiders from Scandinavia might land and cut your throat at any night, or indeed as, you're, as you are already living in an age of cancer, an age of syphilis, an age of air raids, an age of ra- railway accidents, an age of motor accidents. In other words, do not let us begin by exaggerating the newness of our situation. Will that preach or not? Believe me, dear sirs or madam, you and all whom you love were already sentenced to death before the atomic bomb was invented. And and quite a high percentage of us were going to die in an unpleasant way. We had indeed one very great advantage over our ancestors in anesthetics, but we have that still. It is perfectly ridiculous to go out about whimpering, to go about whimpering and drawing long faces because the scientists have added one more chance of painful and premature death to a world which already bristled with such chances in which death itself was not a chance at all, but a certainty. This is the, this is the point, first point to be made. This is the first point to be made and the first action to be taken is to pull ourselves together. If we are all going to be destroyed by an atomic bomb, let that bomb, when it comes, find us sensible and, and human, or doing sensible and human things. Praying, working, teaching, reading, listening to music, bathing the children, playing tennis, chattering to our friends over a game of darts, not huddled, huddled together like frightened sheep and thinking about bombs. They may break our bodies. A microbe can do that, but they need not dominate our minds. Now, I didn't think about that, but I don't know if that person added that in parentheses 
a microbe, and I hadn't had a chance to look into it, but I did look up microbe, and it's a virus-causing disease. Don't let him dominate your life. Don't let Satan's sin and sickness dominate your life. Don't let fear dominate your life. But let us take pleasure in our life. Take pleasure. Man, it made my day when I saw my friend walk in. Let's take pleasure in what God's doing in our lives. Man, I take pleasure when Joshua texted me this morning and, and God's really ministering in his life. I took pleasure yesterday when, when I called down there and was talking to him and, and me and Morgan got to talking about the Lord and talked about the Lord for an hour. I take pleasure in the things of God and what he's doing and, and, and in difficult times. We need to look to the Lord. We need to praise his name. And then six, we need to preach. There's no better time than now to witness to the people. Man, if we're shaking the church, if we're shaking the people, just think how the unbelievers are. They need to hear a hope of the gospel. They need to hear the four spiritual laws. Guys, we're, we're still going to Joplin today. We're going to Country Acres. As soon as I leave here, I'm going to go change clothes, and we're going to go knock on doors in Joplin. And it's an outreach we're doing through Oakton. That's you guys, Oakton. Uh, Pastor Embar spearheads it through evangelism. We're going to come do that in Lamar in a few months, and then we're going to do it again in Carthage, and we're going to do it as a church. But we're going to knock on the doors and share the gospel today because the world needs to hear the hope that's going on in this world. There's nothing negative. And then the prayer or praise, and we've talked about that a bunch today. But I'm going to close with this, priorities. And guys, uh, this may be harsh, but and it may not be you. And I put we in my notes here, but I'll just say some. But I believe the Lord really showed me this, and it, it really made me weep the other night. But he said some have given the corona, this virus, this coronavirus. virus. Thank you. Let's not miss the point. Coronavirus, because I, best words up. Don't let it run it for us. But given to this fear, we have given priority to sports or to fear over sports. We given the priority to fear and this disease over schools. We gave in priority to fear and this disease over jobs. Our government is given into this fear. And some have even given up the Sabbath because of the fear. And again, I'm not knocking what's going on. The reason it bothered me is we have bent our knee to this virus and have given up the things God's tried to give us to give up and make him number one from the get-go. I think we've bent our knees to sports and it's taken over our Sundays and our Wednesdays. But you throw a fear virus out there and we'll bend our knee to the virus. I think we've given in to, 
to the schools and the jobs and, the, and wanting to make our own gains and, and all this over the Lord. But we bend our knee to fear. No, we're just protecting ourselves. We need to fear God enough to give him, him priority over all these things. The president has asked us to bend our knees to Jesus. And as Dave was just sharing in his testimony, no evil will conquer you, no plague will come near your home. We have an opportunity today to repent and make God number one priority. When this is over, will we go back to the way things were? Or will we continue to bend the knee to Jesus? And that's my challenge to you today as we're crying out to Jesus today. I say things are always going to be happening and we need to be bending our knees for Jesus. He needs to be number one from now on all the time. And that should be our goal to fan into fire the Holy Spirit and the gifts that he's given us. That is the power and love and self-discipline that we so need. We'll stand to our feet today. I don't know how God's speaking to you today. I do remind you of what I preached last week because I think it's so important and and go back and listen to it. But the Lord was talking to us about uh, different places we can be in our faith. And in all those places, I showed you through the scripture how God was with us at that point. I showed that with Thomas, when, when he would only trust Jesus, when he could see, smell, taste with a physical, then he could experience Jesus, but not till then. And I showed how Jesus came to him when he was at that level in his faith. Then I showed you how Jesus said, but more blessed is the ones that believe and haven't seen me. And that's ones that don't trust in the physical senses to, to experience God. But Jesus was with them too. They're blessed as well. And then he mentioned another group that, that's able to walk in his presence 24-7. They've made it. They've arrived. And they're even blessed anymore even more. But each place that a person was at, Jesus came to them. But one that really blessed me the most, even to the Pharisees in Mark chapter two, when he just healed the blind or the the, the lame man and they were bickering with him and fighting with him, they had no faith at all. And Jesus said, I did this miracle so that you would believe. Jesus goes to the unsaved Jesus is going to every one of us, no matter where we're at today. And today, I just ask you to take these peas and see how the Holy Spirit has ministered to you today and allow him to just minister in whatever situation. If you're not saved today, then let's come and get saved. You know, if you need the protection, if you need to prepare, whatever it may be, let's just come to these altars and pray today. Let's bend our knees to Him and seek Him with all of our heart, soul, and mind.